Hello and welcome back to season three of the Vet Space Ireland podcast. I'm Michelle McGuire. And I'm Hazel Mullins. And as ever at Vet Space Ireland, our main aim is to entertain, inform, engage and inspire. And just a reminder, as this is a Clinical Bites episode, this episode is intended for veterinary professionals only. So by continuing to listen, you're agreeing that you are indeed a veterinary professional. So in today's podcast, we have Tommy Heffernan, who was our first ever podcast guest back um, last year. And he's back again to talk about his new project, Precision Microbes, which is a pro and postbiotic for animals. Hello, Tommy, and welcome back to the Vet Space Ireland podcast. It's great to have you back again. How are you? I'm really good, and thank you both for having me back. Um, and well done for your continued success at Vet Space. And thank I'm delighted you. to be involved in Clinical Bites now. Ooh, so, thanks very um, much. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Thank you. And it's um, you were our first podcast guest, and um, it's just you know you were you were a, a good one to start with. So thank you again for for. You know, volunteering. We were you were the guinea pig. I know. I love being a guinea pig, and it's really enjoyable. So, and, and I love watching going strength to strength as well. So, excellent. So we're we're here today to talk about your new venture, and to talk about precision microbes. So, yeah. what is the microbiome, Tommy? We'll just go straight into it. Well, what a big question to ask. So I suppose the microbiome is really. Um, it can be the gut microbiome. There's microbiomes everywhere. But when we talk about microbiomes, we typically associate with the gut microbiome. And basically, it's a collection of microbes working together almost like an organ um, and having an effect clinically on the, on the, in the gut and on the animal. So when we think about microbes, it can be bacteria, viruses, fungi, protozoa, um, but they're collectively there. And it's been recognized both in humans now and animals, the gut microbiome, um, as being a key part of digestive health, uh, immunity, and even this idea of competitive inhibition. So these microbes are always sort of fighting with each other to get a balance. We're always trying to promote the good ones in there. So like a healthy gut microbiome is really essential. Okay. So when we look then, Tommy, like at the, you know, the healthy gut microbiome, like what, what is the, you know, for anyone who maybe doesn't know, like what is the role? Like what is, what role does it play? Do we know? And like, what are we trying, like just go through that. Maybe. Yeah, so I suppose, I I, I, I suppose for me, um, I've been sort of interested from a health perspective myself, and, I've, and I did a lot of traveling, and everyone's talking about the microbiome, microbiome. Last year, I got a chance to get involved with a company who's developed products in that area. But the gut microbiome, essentially, um, well, there's loads of roles, but the three key roles are, is these good bacteria and, and microbes in our digestive tracts, both in humans and animals, help and aid digestion. Um, they do that by really acting at a cellular level, uh, cell integrity, um, production of mucus uh, by the goblet cells, so many functions there that aid digestive function. They produce digestive enzymes. Uh, and then because 70% of our immunity is gut-based, uh, they're interacting with all these lymphocytes and T helper cells at gut level as well. So there's a real immune function to the gut, a healthy gut microbiome. And we think about microbes and pathogens, good and bad. They're also there to act as a defense mechanism against bad pathogens. So they're competing with each other. They're inhibiting other pathogens. So that's what a healthy gut microbiome should be doing. Uh, better digestive function, uh, better immunity, and really that idea of keeping out the pathogens as well in real simple terms. When we're talking about like the good bacteria, like I, I guess what we're saying is that they exist there in, in, in stable populations, which are symbiotic. And then, as you said, they help keep out 
any secondary invaders or bad, you know, the bad help keep the bad bacteria at bay, as it were. Yeah, so they're, they're like a community um, and you're looking for diversity in that community. So there's thousands of species of bacteria in, in both animals and humans. Um, and they're really um, like, so what can change that can be diet, lifestyle in humans, environment, toxins can impact that. And one of the interesting things, and I shouldn't be talking too much about human medicine, but one of the interesting things in, on the human side is we've seen this massive reduction of infectious disease over the last 50 or 60 years through good medicine. But we've seen this massive increase in chronic disease issues. And a lot of the research now is going on around the gut microbiome, the role of particularly diet and the changes in the microbiome and the impacts that has on particularly chronic disease and inflammation. If we have 70% of the immune system, it doesn't matter whether it's humans or animals, based in the gut, if we have uh, uh, poor inflammatory processes going on in the gut, well then inflammation can be a problem, not just digestively, but in other areas. And if it's chronic, you can see chronic conditions. Because hmm. they've even, it's just from my own friends, a lot of them, I have a few that suffer with IBS and different types of kind of bowel issues and you know, they're, they're, they've suffered for years and they, they find a product that works for a while and then, you know, they might go on to something different. But, you know, mental health as well with the gut is connected, isn't it? And, and it's I don't know, it's amazing. It's a, an amazing organ. It is because yeah. 90% of our serotonin receptors are in our gut, which is the happiness hormone, basically. Mm -hmm. And the leading research institute in the world now at the moment on this is UCC. And they're looking at the idea of psychobiotics. So the yeah. use of microbiome to influence mood and well-being and people talk about having a gut feeling and our, our our gut is intrinsically linked to the brain as well through our vagus nerve so there's so much gut brain interaction the gut brain axis they talk about um, and it's a really interesting area um, and as well i suppose if you've got chronic inflammation in your bowels that is going to have effect on mood and have a negative impact so trying to tie all this together now i mean i'm no expert mm. in the area but it's absolutely fascinating and i think it's relevant as well for some of the species as well all of them in fact that if you've chronic inflammation in the digestive tract and i've seen that from talking to vets with cases over the last six months to a year some of these cases that have been on the probiotic product for a long time you know mood changes horses for example even on the complementary feed sort of being more settled in themselves mm. so i suppose there's a lot of things we can't see it can be hard diagnostically sometimes to prove ibs and it can be very invasive to do it so if we can regulate that digestive tract we can have a healthy gut microbiome well then the impacts are not just in the gut i mean the gut is it's it's the gut, it's the gut brain axis is it got mammary axis it's got lung axis so it's fascinating altogether yeah it's Lots definitely so much like i take um actually uh my uh, probiotic it's one that's kind of marketed for mental health as well for good mental health it's got a very similar name to your product but it's a human product it's called um yours is it's called precision biotics any okay. relation no uh, no no the word precision is often used when it comes to the microbiome and the yeah. use of microbes um so it's pre precision biotics yeah it's the so company like, uh, and their, their product is called zen floor okay very yeah. good let's check it out yeah um <laughs> Yeah, because actually this company, you know, they, they actually started in the plant world to develop their knowledge on microbes and the plants always are going into animals. And the next phase after the animal health uh, move will be actually into the human microbiome. So uh, I'm sort of privy to some of the stuff that goes on there as well and understanding the human stuff. I'm not an expert, as I said, but it is just fascinating. Um, mm -hmm. And there's still a lot we don't know mm -hmm. about 
the gut microbiome and its different roles. But I think one of the things when I traveled in 2018 uh, with Nuffield, I got to go to 14 countries. I got to go into all these research institutes. And one thing that kept coming up um, on, the, on the nutrition and animal health side was this idea of manipulation of the microbiome, a healthy gut microbiome in animals and the importance of it going forward. It could be the next frontier for animal health. So I'm sort of delighted to be sort of stuck in that game. And I think so tell us about, yeah. Sorry, Sorry, I just wanted to touch on another point there that um, Tommy made a minute ago where he said uh, in humans, you know, where medicine has, in, you know, has decreased um, certain illnesses in humans, but we've got more chronic problems. And I, I've, I find that, um, or I noticed that, you know, with, with humans as well, with the likes of autoimmune disease and things like that, like what Hayes was saying, IBS, those are, are mostly Western diseases like I have psoriasis myself you know it only affects white western people um but that again you know I think that there's definitely things I've read in the new scientists where they say that you know the microbiome is going to help with all those things that's again probably as a result of over processed over medicated in life you know they think that there's some connection to that um and they're looking again at the gut for those type of things. And I think it's a bit similar maybe with our pets nowadays, with their breeding. You know, we bred them to be non-shedding, but now they're allergic to everything. Um, you know, will the microbiome help in those areas? Is that a bit of a wild stretch? But like no, 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 it's not, because when you like one of the things that I just went down the rabbit hole of is the human microbiome. And and and, and there's comparisons between uh, traditional lifestyle populations like the Hadza tribes in Tanzania and places like that, where they've got this, where they do use metagenomics to look at the bacteria in the gut and profile. And they can do that now with metagenomics. And there's this vast diversity in the gut microbiome. And then when you go to Western lifestyles, you see this narrowing and a shift in the microbiome. And this has got to have had, have had an impact. And there is lots of factors. Diet is one, ultra processed foods. We're all stressed. We're all moving at a million miles an hour. Um, so it's certainly that area. And, and we've all these metabolic and autoimmune diseases so certainly it's, it's certainly a case and then if you put it into the pet world um particularly maybe because we don't have the same length of, of life of lifespan and um, you know i'm not sure has there been any maybe studies to look at it but it's certainly potentially a big issue it's interesting when you look at genetics though and uh, driving the microbiome a lot of the research that i've read would suggest that it's environmental and nutrition factors the microbiome is continuously changing we're born with a sterile gut both humans and animals so what how how, how we develop through our lives, particularly in the young, younger years, is really, really important. Now, again, it's completely off topic, but like really interesting research on C-sections and, and, and more births that occur through that, that uh, way, you see issues with chronic disease as well. And it's essentially when the baby's born through vaginal delivery, they pick up the microbiome of their mothers, which populates their gut. But when you're born by C-section, um, you get the microbes in the skin and the surgery itself. So uh, it's really interesting to look at these chronic diseases. And it's, it's a fascinating area of research. Um, and I think a lot of it of the human stuff actually is where I went to look for this information and try and bring back and look and correlate with some of what we're seeing with our pets and uh, what we're seeing in other animal species as well. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I mean, it always, always, it, it always, in all cases, starts with the human side anyway. You know, we transfer it then um, to, to the animal side. So tell us then about Precision Microbes and the company. Like, I know you touched on it there a bit, but like, who who are they and... Yeah, so about... 
September last year, I got a phone call from one of the founders of Precision Microbes and said to me, he said some, um, you know, that he's got these amazing products and he wants me to work with them and help them develop them into the marketplace. And he said, in a year's time, I probably won't want to do anything else, only work with microbes. And I said, wow, this is a bit outlandish now for our first conversation. But he was actually right. Um, so the Precision Microbes was, was set up uh, by two Irish guys, Paul Keneally and John Paul Innes. And they've been working in the plant world for at a very, very high level for maybe the last eight or nine years, where they're going into football pitches all over the world and uh, horticulture, and they're using microbes to take out pesticides and fungicides in the plant health. So they've worked at soil level and plant level um, and manipulating good bacteria, basically, um, in those roles. Um, and I suppose they have a huge number of researchers behind them as well who have almost 40 years of experience in this area and they learned an awful lot about microbial interactions they learned a huge amount from a manufacturing point of view of how to culture microorganisms how they can put different ones together and they can be symbiotic because you can actually have some really good uh, bacteria with different species but you put them together and they can actually compete with each other so they learned a huge amount and as they learned that all this stuff they were going into the animal world so they launched uh, into the Irish veterinary market because they're an Irish company in fe late February early March of last year it's been sort of a whirlwind ever since yeah it's a very exciting product yeah I see it on the shelves I've used it myself <laughs> your greyhound's on it Hazel my greyhound Bart is on it yeah yeah so we I have a few greyhounds, but we decided that Bart was the guinea pig for the, the precision microbes because he always has fecal inconsistencies and he's a big dog. He's about 85, 86 pounds weight. It's hard to keep him weight on him. And we just felt like he was he wasn't the same dog he used to be. He used to be very like excitable and friendly and jump up on you and happy to see you. And he was just being a bit lethargic. So we've started on him I'd say about maybe a month ago six well there was a rough start my my inconsistencies on dosing I believe. inconsistencies on dosing the staff, yeah. the staff. I called them um weren't weren't up to scratch so I had to I had to bring the product into the kennel so they wouldn't forget and I actually have two bottles in there now so it's it they won't forget but Bart it has changed inside out um I would say it's a slow slow change on the feces but he's like 90 percent there now but i'd say within a week his coat his purse like his personality was back to himself and um yeah he just gets this like brown mustache now from from eating it because he's got a white face so we have to we have to clean him every couple of days but other than that and he eats it like he he eats it no problem and to be honest i think we're gonna use it on all the dogs now to be honest because we feel that if their guts are good, then they are going to be healthier and hopefully faster as well. So that's kind of our thinking behind it. Yeah, but, no, like, yeah. so uh, the other thing is we started in March, it was the calf products. It was actually a former other uh, podcast guest who had the move at him and O'Connell was, uh, and his practice was the very first practice to use the calf product. And uh, I had seen the calf product myself. I've been trialing them and I said, you know, sometimes when you're looking at things and you're seeing so many different things, you, you're kind of hoping that this is the next big thing. Um, and, you know, I have seen things that were to be the next big thing. And when Eamon came back to me with really good feedback on the calves and then it was more and more vets, I said, OK, there's something here. And then we went into the pets 
and the horse product as well. It's a different, uh, it's a complimentary feed, but again, it's using live bacteria. Uh, we just had an exciting um, a bit of news from Europe on a, on, on a trial we did there, uh, which is our first outside market. We were going to really, really positive and it's the equine product they started with. So um, yeah, no, really interesting. When you look at the, I suppose the concept itself as well is the idea that these are probiotics and postbiotics, which the, the, the postbiotic thing is something that catches people out a little bit. That was going to be my next question. Can you yeah. maybe just give us a, a quick like X? Because like I have this all the time, in, even in the practice, you know, because we I like try and encourage it because we're fear free. So we do encourage probiotics a lot. Um, but we were actually discussing this the other day. The girls like, what is the difference between a prebiotic and a probiotic? And they didn't even know about postbiotic. And a postbiotic. Yeah. yeah. So will you tell us the difference between them all, please? It, yeah. So it's it's all very like the postbiotic terminology is pretty new science. It was just defined in March of, of this year, actually, by the Association for Pre and Probiotics. Um, essentially, when you look at prebiotics, they're the feed for the good bacteria. So that can be fiber, micro or microbiome-associated micro, micro, carbohydrates, oligosaccharides. So that's the feed for bacteria. The good bacteria themselves are the probiotics, essentially. And they're the factories, okay? So this is the really important piece. That these good bacteria are producing metabolites. They don't actually uh, do anything themselves. It's the metabolites that they produce that actually interact at cell level, immune level, and actually compete. So when we talk about bacteria competing, it's the enterocins and bactericins they produce that actually inhibit other bacteria, be it the bad ones. So um, this terminology around the metabolites that the bacteria produce are the postbiotics. Um, and I suppose the postbiotics is what I describe as where the rubber meets the road at cell level in the gut. These are the metabolites that do the things like improve digestive function, the enzymes that improve digestive health, uh, that interact and, and, and cause immune modulation at gut level and compete with other bacteria. So I suppose one of the things I saw at the very beginning that got me a little bit excited with this postbiotic concept is the fact that they're in the liquid means that we're seeing speed of efficacy, particularly in pets and calves around gut stabilization. So when you've got dysbiosis, which is basically where the, uh, and people can't see me flailing my hands around now on this podcast, <laughs> but uh, it's where you see uh, when you have a disruption in the microbiome and the, the microbial uh, contents of the digestive system, you get dysbiosis and that's where things go wrong. And then you need to regulate that and stabilize it. It's these postbiotics go in there at the start really is giving speed of action. And what, what's really exciting uh, was the exciting bit I saw. And then obviously more and more vets are seeing it as well. Yeah, because that would be the thing normally, you know, with probiotic, maybe or even a, a prebiotic it would be the type of thing where you would need, maybe need to take it for, you know, a considerable amount of time before you might start seeing benefits. And actually what I used to always say to people is, or what I used to find um, was people necessarily mightn't have noticed the, the, the benefits because they're gradual, but then once they stop using it, then they notice. Does that make sense? But I think with yeah. this product, because that, that, it has the, the postbiotic in it, it, it's definitely, there is um, a very quick, difference you, you can you, see it, it's a very visceral product in the sense yeah. you see visually you can see the changes particularly where there's dysbiosis or diarrhea and pets yeah. and calves um, and in fairness to the complementary feed it's it's a different blend of microbes but it's using the same idea and th that are live bacteria um, and there's metabolites in there and it is that speed really that you're seeing and you're seeing it from the metabolic point of view with any probiotic or, or, or prebiotic or you know, postbiotics, it is continual feeding because the microbiome will always more or less always revert back. 
um, to, um, you know, maybe uh, the condition it was in before. So you're, you're looking at supportive and pro-bio uh, or probiotics. Pro-bio comes from the Greek word uh, for life. And it means, you know, it is the daily usage of these products that is helping with gut health and integrity. I mean, the big drivers for gut health in both humans and animals is still diet. Um, it's still reducing stress and all those other things. But this is an add-on that can really help pets, horses, and certainly in, in livestock production as well, maintaining healthy gut for better performance and health. So you were saying, because you said there that the, you know it's for, for daily use, so it can safely then, I suppose, be used long-term every day. No reason why it couldn't be. Yeah, so it, that's sort of what it's designed for. And that's the really interesting thing that I've seen from, I suppose, now we're, we're a while into the project. Uh, I think there's over nine, close to 90 veterinary practices in Ireland using the product. A lot of them are interacting uh, with myself as well. So I'm getting to hear the stories now of some long-term cases uh, across species, particularly in the companion animal side, the equine side, that are on the product for, you know, up to two, three months at this time. And, you know, they've some of them have taken it off. They've seen them revert back and they've kept them on it. And again, a bit like what happened back, you know, some of these benefits to having a healthy gut microbiome are not just in the gut. They can be further afield in different organs because if you get homeostasis in the gut, well, then it's going to have all these other added on benefits. We can't essentially claim now, you can't claim, but I mean, it's one of these products that you, when you start using it, people are just seeing the difference in their animals, which to me is is really, really good. Um, so yeah, uh, it's been it's been really interesting to look at the long-term use. And of course, because it's down the veterinary channel um, and because dysbiosis and diarrhea is a problem in pets, it's a problem in foals, it's a problem in calves, um, it's great to put something in there into the marketplace that's effective and it's an alternative as well to antibiotics. So it's a really on the right side of the whole sustainability piece as well. Yeah, we, I mean, obviously we've been using it for quite a while in, in, my, in our practice as well. And we've had great results, to be fair. I mean, the longest uh, case was a greyhound, actually, Hazel. And it, he was the one that took the longest. And I think it probably took him about six weeks before. But I think he was really problematic. Anyway, and like that always had problems. Um, but other than that, I mean, all the, the results have been great. And we do try and promote it. Um, anything that's coming in for elective surgery that we know is ten, prone to be that's ten, that's prone to stress or anything like that. We try and put them on it five to 10 days before they even come in for their surgery. And then they're on it after, you know, for a week or two as well. So we're just trying to mitigate any potential GI upsets that might be caused by stress having surgery um and one of the great benefits i find because my cat is on it as well now there's nothing wrong with him he's healthy out but i was like may as well be honest i actually put him on it because he had a dental there um i don't know um, six weeks ago so i started him on it about 10 days before he was coming in to have his surgery um and he but one thing i've noticed is he's an indoor cat so he obviously uses a litter tray now he has very doesn't eat very much like he'll only eat his food but any real upset in him and you can tell it by his fecal odor so one really positive benefit of being on the product is that it really helps with that so anybody yeah so anybody with indoor cats get them on um get them on it was interesting you said about that great that that greyhound that took six weeks again one of the things that when you think about long-term use of probiotics 
it is all related to chronicity as well. So the more chronic the inflammation in the gut, yeah. the more inflammation and that has been going on for a while, it's almost, the longer that is, it's almost directly related to when you'll see, um, I suppose, the benefits. And I remember the very first dog, Cooper, uh, uh, down in Cork, Olivia Gorman's uh, dog, was the very first long-term user. And exactly that, he had a lot of issues with his uh, bowel and getting dietary indiscretions. And, you know, it was really after four, five, six weeks that she really saw the improvement uh, in all the other areas now when it comes to fecal consistency um you know uh, still a big driver in that will be the fiber and the diet you know it's not it's not a ma- it's not magic water anything like that it's an incredibly effective probiotic postbiotic solution but you know still the things like diet and all the other stressors that are there um need to be managed as well yeah and michelle just bart eats it like no problem is there any do people syringe it in your practice or do most people just pop it in the food or what have you been finding Tom, so well, well what we recommend to people is if they're small dogs you know when they they don't need a, a huge amount they just give it in the food like once a day but where it's a large dog and he's going to need a, a large volume we ask them to split it over two feeds but they're still getting the same amount within the one day mm-hmm. um because we don't i suppose we weren't doing that maybe in the beginning and then we may have had one or two people come back saying that they weren't really eating it because um, I just think it was maybe a, a huge dog, you know, so you're putting 30 mils in on top of his bit of dry nuts. Um, so that was a big change in his daily meal. So like any change in, in their diet, it needs to be gradual. Um, so what we found was in any cases where they had difficulty with the once a day, we've just asked them to split the dough. So just say it's 30 mils daily. So he's 30 kg dogs, so it's one mil per kg. Um, we just asked them to get 15 mils in the morning and then feed and then give them a, another feed in the afternoon with the other 15 mils and that seems to be working pretty well Excellent. we're not having any issues with that then well, the other thing is when you change um any diet of any uh, particularly animals they have it's actually through the olfactory nerve that actually it's it's the smell change that is like it is an inherent defense system so yeah. if they don't like to smell us or something new that can be put them off what one of the interesting things i've seen and a lot of uh, we've done run a lot of experiments now with, with, with different pet owners and vets is that dogs who maybe were you know reluctant a little bit at the start or getting used to the taste of it when you actually do a taste test and you put the product on one side of the food and not on the other they actually go for the product all the time so actually animals inherently have a liking for so it's a fermented product obviously mm-hmm. have a liking for fermented taste which is it's very interesting um and i've been learning all this stuff as i go along as well so um it's all it's been all it's like it's definitely a 19 and a half nearly 20 years qualified this is the most fascinating area i've got to work in and i i've, I've seen i've been involved in a few interesting things but this is just sort of blowing my mind with the capacity of microbes uh we're talking about the oral ones this evening but i've been involved in research as well using environmental microbes uh, and crops different things as well that are just behind the scenes still but really really fascinating yeah no it is it is really interesting and, and like we use a lot of your product now Tommy in fairness you know like it's um, you're saying all the right things Michelle I know <laughs> but we do but I mean again just like you said it's it's exactly where what the type of thing though that we want to be using because we want to be avoiding antibiotics we want to be promoting you know good immune function and we want to be you know mitigating any you know upsets from stress or potential stress so like it does it's, it's it's exactly the product for the time you know it's it's mm. it is it, it is a good product you know and it's and there was a gap in the in the market i think michelle because when i used to do small animal you know a lot of it was just kind of those kale and 
tubes that you know that you were only really uh, yeah or like, like there was, was, there was ones there was there's products there with probiotics in them mm. and that you would dispense for something that had diarrhea not really some there wasn't really anything there um for a chronic kind of case. for for that you could give long term i suppose mm. supplementally like as a supplement or an additive um like bart was a absolute stereotypical dog for this product like he he was driving us mad at home because we knew there was something up and no matter how particular we were in the food with him um he also has a liking for milk out of the parlor which probably didn't help his microbiome very much <laughs> i mean but now he, we keep him out of the parlor and you so wonder that. why he's got the shits <laughs> I'm that sure he sneaks in there occasionally. I'm sure he sneaks in there occasionally. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been like it, it has been so interesting. I mean, uh, I mean, our trials in Europe now are in a really high-end uh, horse stable, a very famous one. And uh, you know, we, you know, again, I was talking to the vet over there and heard about the products and would this work? It was fecal water syndrome in in these horses. And um, you know, after a week, he put 12 horses on a trial, uh, watching fecal consistency mood. And he said after a week, the horses had stopped this fecal water syndrome. He couldn't believe they tried so many different things. And we'll be talking about that uh, at Precision Microbes, certainly in the, in the, in the, com- in the coming weeks. Um, but it's just, yeah, I, I've been constantly getting phone calls from vets. You know, when I ring up vets and I've been talking to them about this product, uh, they've been saying to me, you know, you're, you're turning to the left-hand side or you're going, you know, you're going to be wearing hemp sandals and a hemp jacket next, your alternative medicine. Um, guy now and I say when we talk about metabolites okay we talk about bacteria producing metabolites or other organisms producing metabolites penicillin was was a metabolite of penicillin rubicans which is a fungus and um, actually streptomyces bacteria in Japan by were, 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 Sorry, so a guy in Japan called Satoshi Amuro discovered a streptomyces bacteria that had a metabolite that later became known as ivermectin. And um, so this isn't alternative medicine to me at all. This is actually, there's a lot of science, particularly when we look at the metabolites the bacteria are producing, which ones work together. Um, but none of us would be here, plants, animals, or humans, without our own innate natural defenses. So it's about understanding that and trying to harness the power of nature. Um, and in our times, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely zoned in on sustainability and you know reduction of antibiotics and all those things. It was like manna from heaven for me, essentially, because it's the space I was in. And to, you know, to get the opportunity to work with products like this and see the results has been um yeah sort of a dream come true career-wise you know because it's just been it's been incredible i'm as as excitable as ever yeah but i think it is really nice to have something like that that you believe in you know because like that's probably why we have used so much of that product at our practice because it's the type of product that we believe in as well and we think works really really well and it's you know we'd much prefer to be giving that out rather than antibiotics if we can you know if it's obviously um it won't replace in the need of antibiotics but um you know and and people are definitely more open if you think about you know you know people themselves are going to health food shops more often they're looking for more vitamins and supplements and probiotics themselves so people are much more aware i think nowadays of probiotics um for all the fermented products kefir in in themselves i mean people are flat out buying kombucha and kefir and all the jazz you know so it's not really i don't find it's it's not a hard sell to clients either like they're kind of delighted to have something to go home with as well you know that they know is going to help maybe maintain well-being um 
you know, um, overall well-being and immune function and gut function. Like, so that it is a really good, as Hazel said, there was a great gap in the market for it, for sure. And they're not a new concept. There's actually a guy called Eli Mechnikov who won a Nobel Prize in the early 1900s who actually, um, he, he developed, he, he, I suppose he discovered DNA's immune system. And uh, he went off and he became fascinating, fascinating with aging. And he looked at this group of people in Bulgaria who were living to 100. And he went to try and figure out why they're living to 100. And what he noticed were they were drinking fermented milks. Um, and he actually discovered the very first probiotic, which is Lactobacillus bulgaris. So this concept has been around for a long time. Um, and I think probably with the development of antibiotics in particular, um, you've seen, you know, there was a shift away from maybe research in this area, but it's absolutely shifting back. And if you look in human medicine, even the postbiotics uh, concept and these metabolites um, that bacteria produce is a huge amount of research again. So it's shifting back again. Um, and it's not just in the sort of alternative space. It's very much mainstream pharma pharmacology that's looking at how we can improve um, health and immunity. Um, Tommy, you were saying there uh, that you are running some trials outside of Ireland uh, in equine, but is is this product only available in Ireland or is it available? Is it just in trial form outside of Ireland? Because we would have a lot of listeners now in the UK. <laughs> yeah. They might want some of this afterwards. Like, is it available there or what's the crack with that? Yeah, so availability in, in markets is is is. is is a challenge so first of all you've established and we're getting going in the irish market and we're sort of all a bit surprised by the speed of uh, how that's developed um so when i say trials it was uh, it's actually in, in austria um, and three other eastern european countries as well that we're having discussions with distributors who really like the concept um so it is we are fairly um i suppose want to stick to the, the model of going through vets so we're looking with to distributors who are dealing with vets and certainly the uk is something we would definitely be looking to go to and we're having early discussions there um on um with this with with distribution um but i suppose brexit and certain things like that have created challenges and it's easier because the product is actually licensed by the department but it's also licensed in, in the rest of europe so it's much easier to go to go to europe but the plan is very much um, I've had conversations outside of Europe with people as well, um, but we're in those early phases, of getting the logistics and getting the right partners and making sure that the education is done correctly um, and that I suppose our products are matching up with distributors that are working in the veterinary channel and that they're used correctly because we don't want to be sold to some sort of magic panacea. Um, they're very functional products that need to be used correctly and there's a lot of science to them. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting time, and yeah, hopefully we'll be in the UK. Hopefully we'll be everywhere um, uh, in the near future. And how do vets in Ireland that don't have your product at the moment, those mad vets out there? Yeah, yeah, how do yeah, they no. yeah. You're saying all products. the right things. Uh, I love these clinical minds. Um, how do they? Um, we 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 started a conversation with um, Pat O'Callaghan and the team in Interchem in July, and uh, as of. August, Interchem uh, Ireland have been supplying the product to vets. So we're working with the team, the companion team, uh, the large animal and equine team. They're a fantastic group of people. Uh, so we've been doing a whole education with them and working with them. And they've been really much, very much getting the product out there, making some noise. The, the sales team are out on the ground meeting vets, doing the education piece, uh, introducing the concept, telling people the difference between pre, pro and postbiotics. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been brilliant to be working with Interchem, another great Irish company uh, that are working in the veterinary channel. So that's where it's available at the moment. Great. Great. I've, I still notice I don't do short answers. I still have very long answers to all your questions. No, but it doesn't matter things. because you're very articulate. So, you know, 
Oh, you're not, not you. like humming and hawing like we are. <laughs> <laughs> so you're very easy to listen to because you're very articulate. Thanks, um, I'm also going to leave this podcast with a big head. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. I see the door in the background there. You want to be careful. You want to get through it. Get uh, yeah, yeah. This is this is my office. Uh, yeah, no. So I have my I have my my light board behind me, which I'm I'm doing all the education videos with with um on the microbes and sort of mm. developing actually at the moment microbiome training for vets. So um and for other countries, I'm trying to develop a series, sort of really bring the pieces together, all the sort of stuff that I've I've learned. And, and I really like, I mean, I've spent a lot of time reading on the human, the animal, and um, I've really big equine presentation to do tomorrow evening uh, to equine vets talk about the horse microbiome. And, you know, over my 20 years, my, my horse experience is fairly scant. So I've been really trying to, okay, I understand what's happening at gut level, but build up that. So it's been as ever sort of a bit of a challenge to keep up to speed with where the research is, what's happening. And um, yeah, so it's just, it's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm on the edge of discomfort as, all, as always. It's a good place to be. Yeah. It's where the magic happens. Someone wants to <laughs> maybe, maybe open up the Pony Club book and get a few terms, you know, yeah. trotting no. up, tracking up. Yeah, yeah. No, I look. I have bit, like I have a little bit of knowledge. Thankfully, I have lots of friends that are in uh, different sectors, and uh, those friends have been really good. Actually, the, the equine product came about when we with the calf and the pet, and I was talking to an equine vet friend of mine, and I was saying, "What probiotics are you using? What products are you using to gut health?" He said, "I'm going into boots to get a human one." And I said, "I knew the scientist had a formulation for horses." And he was so skeptical. That's one of my best friends. And uh, he rang me after about three or four weeks. Uh, well, we'd ring each other more often than that. But he, on the product, he said, yeah, you actually, you're on something here. And, and I mean, they've been massive supporters of the product uh, mm-hmm. as well. And thankfully to people like that, I've been, I've been talking to them and, and absolutely draining as much information as I can. So I'm trying to learn all the time. Um, and it's brought about opportunities like talking to this really, uh, I suppose, high-end veterinarian in Europe and, and, and a pretty exciting place, uh, a sort of a, how would I describe this, this stables? They're sort of a national treasure. So these horses are very important. And uh, to see that they're getting on well on the precision microbes, horse product is really good. Well, I know from my years working in equine, like we used probiotics so much. Like, mm. I don't know are the ones that we used back, because that's a long time ago, still available, but like, a lot of the animals at Troy Town, we used to put them on when I worked for Darley. A foal was barely had his legs on the ground and there was a probiotic put in his um, mouth. So there's yeah. a huge need for And I mean, that's, as I said, that's 15 years ago. So I don't know. Well, if those so products one of the were things around. with it. Yeah. So one of the things, I mean, the, the product, the, the, the market is a, is a wash with different formulations and it's not mm-hmm. about what other products are doing. But one of the things I will say is the actual horse product is a complementary feed. It's not a probiotic. To get okay. a probiotic license in horses, you have to have Saccharomyces cerevisiae in the product, which is a yeast. Um, okay. It's the only one that's actually licensed that you can call a probiotic. So the horse product is actually live, beneficial uh, microorganisms or good bacteria, a blend of about 12 of them. Um, and we are looking at the moment whether we put Saccharomyces cerevisiae in there just to say it's probiotic. But the results with the product are so good that we're just saying, OK, maybe, we, maybe we're, mm-hmm. we're OK with complementary feed. And um, we don't we don't want to be worrying about that, uh, you know, that label of probiotic. But it's the results to me. It's all about results. Uh, you know, it's the results that the different products are, are getting for vets and their clients uh, and the animals uh, in, in practice. 
Yeah, good. And like, I just might add one more point, but like as a practice manager, it's also a really nice product to add in, you know, from like a, from a financial point of view, because you're not, you know, pushing something that's not ethical, unethical, you know, it's a really good, healthy product. So it's a nice little add on to your consult. I'd just like to add that in. Um, okay. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, no, the other thing as well is, you know, I'm, I'm talking about dealing with vets. Certainly I'm getting out and about and now um, in, over the last couple of weeks and we're, we're meeting veterinary practice with the Intercam team. And, you know, it's not just the vets, you know, it's the practice managers, it's it's the veterinary nurses um, and certainly people that are involved in all levels of the veterinary practice we're having the conversations with because very much so vets in the consult room and not a lot of times and when people are coming in looking for something into the veterinary practice, uh, maybe be it a supplement or something for gut health support, uh, the first person they meet is the person uh, that they meet at the front desk. So um, it's been really good to go out and have those conversations with all uh, everyone in practices. Um, and, and one thing I will say, Jeannie Mackers, uh, I've met a lot of vets in the last couple of months and, uh, you know, I was a vet in practice for a long time, huge respect, but there's a lot of pressure in veterinary practice at the moment. That is one thing um, that I've noticed, unfortunately, for my time is everyone is so busy. Um, so uh, just to, to the vets and vet nurses and teams out there, keep up the good work, but look after yourselves as well, because there's a lot of pressure uh, out there at the moment. Yeah, that's true. That's appreciated, Tommy. That's mm. that's a nice message to end on. Yeah, no, it's, it's everyone watch out for themselves, I regardless so, of yeah. probiotics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be very conscious of that. You know, yeah, people are just working hard and pressure's on. So mind yourselves. Um, you can take uh, wait for the human probiotics and look after your gut. Uh, I'm only joking. Um, no, <laughs> no, but definitely, uh, it's one thing that I've picked up from traveling around and having lots of conversations. People are busy and continuously busy and don't be seem, seeming to get a break. So, um, yeah, well, we, we can see well. we can see from you, Tommy, that like I know our listeners can't see you, but you're like absolutely lighting up anytime you mention the word micro microbes, microbiome, <laughs> pro, probiotic, prebiotic, postbiotic. It's you're you're so excited about it. And, and you can tell the knowledge that you've got over the last couple of months and the year that, you know, you've you've really, you know, oh, um, what's the word? nose dived into this whole yeah. world deep dive that's the deep word. dive yeah deep dive. i love when you find something like that though that you find really interesting and then you're like oh my god this is amazing I need to know more <laughs> i i never thought i would read papers you know i never thought i'd read papers and uh, a couple of scientists i'm interacting with them on a daily basis and like they're proper scientists not like me you know but they are sending me papers on plants humans uh metabolites that one of the probiotics in intercoxus fecum in cimb 10415 an interest in 12a a whole 10 pages on that and i'm actually finding myself reading it because i just think it's absolutely fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and particularly as i'm a bit of a long-term thinker um so i'm always thinking what's happening in five or ten years what's what's coming down the tracks and um, this just fits so perfectly it's not a panacea for everything but for the role that they play um, and I'm often seen, I'm on the third floor here in my office and the blinds are down tonight, but I'm often seen punching the air in the office when I get a phone call from yet another veterinary practice or vet or maybe from another country now um, where people are saying, yeah, Jeannie, we've seen the results. And that's a massive, uh, I mean, I've worked very hard in my career to get to a point, to get involved with a project like this, to have that really, you know, I suppose the highs, there's plenty lows as well now, but it's it's been a very exhilarating professional um, experience as well for me, um, which is I suppose a little bit of a 
uh, what was it, the natural endorphins or the that that's my sort of uh, my high that I'm getting at the moment is 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 from that feedback. Brilliant. Class. Any any other last thing that you might like to just anyone to know, Tommy? Like we're going to share all the information but if people do want more information um they should obviously get in contact with intercam or is there any other bits of information yeah so we're just finishing and hopefully when this podcast is out we're finishing updating the website it was sort of uh, a little bit um left to the wayside so i was given the job of sort of uh, updating the website to have relevant information case studies from vets uh, and customers across the three species that currently have products in the marketplace um, so that's a good place to go talk to the intercom team certainly and hopefully uh, we'll be getting to 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 go on to farm soils with the product and have conversations with other vets um, and I think this Irish company um, could be a real success story. Come back to me in three years. If it's not, say, what were you telling us before? No, <laughs> I, I, have, I have a really good gut feeling on what I'm seeing at the moment. Um, and look, I've been involved in business as well across, for many years and different things. Uh, I have a really good gut feeling on this Irish company that it's going in pretty significant places. Great. Class. I follow you on Instagram as well. You have an Instagram page. I have, okay. I have. And Instagram is down tonight, I, uh, I believe. I feel a bit yeah. tetchy without it. <laughs> <laughs> My boss actually texted me. She's like, how are you? With no Insta. I was like, what? I hadn't realised I was trying to have a nap. But anyway. <laughs> no. Guys, listen, thank you very much Thanks, for having Tom. me on Clinical Bites. It was a huge uh, pleasure as always to speak to you. A great opportunity to, I suppose, talk about the products, get the word out there. And what a fantastic medium for people uh, and, you know, veterinary businesses to do that. So well done to both of you. Thank, Thank you. Continued success. And best of luck on all the all things microbes. All things microbes <laughs> and all things everything. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Clinical Bites episode of the VetSpace Ireland podcast. Information and resources on the topics discussed can be found in the show notes. You can also get further information by subscribing to the VetSpace Ireland newsletter, which you can do on our website. Go to www.vetspaceireland.ie. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We can be found at Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. 